0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Hello and welcome to Practical Spirituality here at Asher Torah in the Old City of Jerusalem, overlooking the Temple Mount, may it be rebuilt soon. The Temple. Okay, so um, so today's the the final day of Hanukkah and. This day is represented with the, with um, what you can say is a certain attribute of the, which is called Malchut or kingship, and it's it's a culmination of everything, and um, what I thought of sharing with you would be was the the ten spheros based on God's name, so that maybe you can have those in mind when you uh, when you say. God's name. So let's see how we can do that. So we always got above the line represents what the spiritual, and below represents the physical. the physical. So when you look at God's name, it starts with a pure idea, just the yud, and the yud of God's name represents chokma or wisdom, and it's. Uh, it's just an idea, like any idea you can have. Like you're always having ideas, and you you may implement them, you may not. But an idea is just like a flash of an idea, which could be an idea, just like I feel like dairy. That's enough of an idea. It could be anything. It could be an idea of I'd like to build a home here, or or I'd like to move to Israel, or or I'd like to be whatever you know. I'd like to get married or something. That's an idea. Now. That is called, in Hebrew, Chochmah. Everyone say the word Chochmah. Oh. Chochmah. Okay, that's just the idea. Now I'm going to use a little spacer because you're not allowed to write God's name and erase it. So I'm going to put a spacer between the, that and the next letter. And the next letter is the He. And every letter begins with a Yod, so there's the Yod, and I just drew a terrible hay. I'm more of a musician than an artist. Okay, let's try that again. There's the yud, and there's the hay. Okay, and, and this hay is called bina. It's the feminine bina. And, and what it does is it fleshes out an idea. Because any idea you've ever had, you had to flesh it out. Like, for example, I think everyone here in this room decided to come to Israel, so that was the yud. That was like, I am going to Israel, but what are the dates? How long are you staying? Where are you gonna be? What's gonna happen on this trip? And uh, and so you get, so that was all in the planning stages, and that's the hay, which is the word bina. Everyone say the word bina, bina, bina okay? So yud is just the idea, I am going to Israel, and bina is all the details of of that trip. To Israel that you're gonna that you're gonna make. And so and right now we're talking about God here. We're doing God's name. So what is it for God? Well you could say this is I'm gonna create a world, and this is the kind of world I'm gonna create. But absolutely nothing's happened yet. I mean there's there's no world yet. Now now there's like there's a big distinction between thought and and action. Because these are all both in thought. Those are two aspects of your head. This is your right brain, where you brainstorm things, and this is your left brain. This is where you figure things out. It's where you analyze things. The associative mind, the analytical mind. the right brain, your left brain. And, and they're also male and female in that, in that ultimately the, the thought Gets, the thought could be considered like this, the, the, um, it's the seminal thought. Meaning like, like, I don't know if you know that word, but like what a man, a man's contribution to making children. Okay? It is called Av. Father. Okay, that's called Av. This is called Am. She receives that thought and she now fleshes out the thought into all its parts. But there's still no child. It hasn't given birth to anything. This is this is just, you know, av to aim or thought to analysis analysis of that thought. And so, with, within God, this name of Yud and he is it's one of the names of God. Actually, without the Vav and the He, it's a name of God. As as you all know, you know, we say, for example, to praise God is Hallelujah. When we praise God, we say hallelujah, which is this name of God, which you're allowed to say, by the way, you're allowed to say just that, like normally you think you need a whole pasuk, but, but those words themselves are hallelujah is a praise of God. You just would want to change it to hallelujah if you're studying it, but not thinking of the praise of God. But I was thinking of the praise of God. I was actually you? praying just now. I figured I'd a little more prayer today would be great. So, so even though I'm teaching about this name, which is Yudin Hey, which we'd normally pronounce K, in prayer I would say Hallelujah. That that may God be may God be praised. And and it's also uh, the English changes it to with a J. You know, like Yehuda's Judah. So. So they, so the Rastafarians talk about Jah, Allah. And also you got the name of God is spelled thankfully the J witnesses who, 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 you, they're trying to pronounce something that's forbidden to pronounce. But thankfully they use the J because it's not a J. That's an Anglo-sized Yud. Anglos, Anglos, Anglos turn the Yud into a J. Like John in Jonathan, the name Jonathan, how's it going ladies? Uh, the name Jonathan is Yonatan. Okay, it's Yonatan. It's really a it's a Yud, not a J. And believe it or not, John with an H is um, you know who knows what John with an H is. That a Jewish John? No. very Jewish John. Yeah, it's it's actually it comes from Germanic of Yochan, which in Hebrew is Yochanan. Yeah. So all the people named John who are embarrassed that what kind of Jewish parents would give me the name John with an H? What am I, John the Baptist? The answer is yes, no. I mean, his real name was Yochanan. And Yochanan's an amazing name. So the name John with an H is a fine name. And it's a Hebrew name. Now, the... Anyway, so Chochmah, the, the, the seminal idea Gets gestated inside bina, and and that's that's God's whole map of creation. And That's like that. What's that? What is uh, whatever babe, whatever, whatever fetuses do inside mothers are gestating. I think I don't. Truth is, I don't even know what that word means. And I <laughs> and it's really funny that you asked because I was just pretending I knew, but but I'm pretty sure that's what they do. Am I right? Yes. Oh. Thank God! I just was not expecting to get called out on a word. I I I rarely am using words I don't understand. I mean, that'd be like super crazy. But it it just came out of my mouth. So, what's that? Yeah, masculine and feminine of God, right there. Yeah, there's a masculine and feminine of God on the highest level. Now, this name of God is God in His absolute upper oneness, upper oneness. What we're going to see is the lower is broken up into names. Meaning the physical world, our physical world, once you come down the system into our physical world, things get broken up into names. And the whole, our whole world is made of God's names. And that's why the Kohanim in the temple were able to ma- manipulate matter just using names of God. Because what is matter made of? Well, the matter is made of God's names that are coming out of these 22 letters which are intercalculating down 231 permutations and calculations, which are really massively exponential. But the whole entire system is coming out of 22 letters, which shoot through five channels. Those five channels are called the menatzpach. Menatzpach are the final letters, the final mem, the final nun, the final Tsadi, the final pey and the final chaf. Everyone say menatzpach. Again, menatzpach so the menats pach are the five final letters those are the channels that the 22 letters come down and then they weave they weave themselves into the fabric of creation our creations made of the weave of those 22 letters coming through those five channels you have those five channels also because you're made in the image of all this when it says we're made in the image of God what it means is we're made in the image of, of how God runs creation doesn't mean we're in the image of God God doesn't have an image you know, that's one of the 13 principles of faith is there is no image. So it's kind of funny. The Torah tells us we're in the image of God. But the but the Rambam says there's no image of God. So what does it mean we're in the image of God? And the answer is we're made in the image of creation, of how God runs creation. And just like just like you have that right brain and left brain, so does God run the world via this Chochman Bina. You have that too. And you also have... These five exits of your mouth, you have the guttural, the palate, the teeth, the tongue, and the lips. Those are your five exits of your mouth, called the chamesh, Khamisha motzaos hapeh. The chamish motzaos the five exits of the mouth. And those are very important when it comes to prayer, when it comes to speaking. And really, all your speech is to, to Hashem. Even when you're speaking to someone, you're really talking to Hashem because Hashem is everywhere, right? Hashem is here, Hashem is there. Hashem is truly everywhere. Up, up, down, down, right, left, and all around here, there, and everywhere. That's where he can be found. And so when you're talking to someone, you're talking to God. Your speech is for that. That's why it's so important to be aware of, uh, of negative speech and, and false speech and forbidden speech and lewd speech and violent speech and um, anything like that is you want to avoid that because you're always talking to God no matter who you're talking to you're talking to God and by the way God looks lovely today <laughs> that was my compliment on how well dressed you are today so so I'm now speaking to God in the form of you and you t- treat people that way it's nice you, know, you treat your spouse that way you treat your kids that way these are godly people each one created perfect and I just spent an hour trying to convince a lady to stop giving her kids speed in the morning she's on a uh, whatever some, some amphetamine you know poor kid little kid and there, she's describing the kid and all the issues of the kid and I'm like oh my gosh your kid's an absolute total complete star there's a nice seat right there next to this lady here. Your kid's an absolute star, a dream kid. Just don't let that kid be born after Sarah Schneer. Because if she'll be born after Sarah Schneer, she will consider herself a dunce. and so will all her teachers and all her, and her parents and all her siblings, and she'll live a life as a loser. And Sarah Schneer who, Oh, you're wondering who Sarah Schneer is? Yeah. Oh, she, she she was a woman who lived like, uh, I don't know, a hundred years ago or something. She, she felt that Jewish ladies should be literate. She wanted Jewish women. She was like the first Jewish feminist but she was not a feminist. She just wanted girls to be able to read because then they could have some access to Torah. But she had no idea what, that it was going to snowball into this large, babysitting oh, overly blown up babysitting institution to somehow keep girls occupied when they used to, every girl Jew or Gentile got married at 14 you know, you're, if you were 15 you're already over the hill and so how are we going to babysit girls into their 20s, their young 20s and the answer is well, one, I got an idea, let's make a school system and make them all feel like absolute idiots for except for the few geniuses, we'll make them all feel like absolute idiots for about 7 years And then, uh, you know, and that's not good for feminism, to feel like an idiot when you finally marry the guy who's been studying Torah, you know, real, like, real complex Talmud, which is Bina. You know, real complex Talmudic stuff for, you know, we'll marry marry her off to him. Now let's see how she feels. You know, she's gonna feel like Tchina, crushed sesame seed. You know? And, uh, Anyway, I need some tahina for this, by the way. Um, I only have this bread. It's going to be really dry, and it's also two days old. Did you have ice cream with another ally earlier this week? I don't think <laughs> no. so. I'm not a big ice cream guy. But you're a big tahina person. <laughs> tahina? I like tahina. Yeah, but on ice cream? On ice cream. <laughs> oh, that sounds to, good. We're yeah. trying to figure out. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. That I would like tahina <laughs> with ice anyway let's get back to us um, we anyway but it's, it, it's the school system just a large babysitting system you know the entire time until they eventually make Shabbos for the rest of their lives which is you know really interesting like the, like they're like the, like it really mattered to put them through all that but we do have to babysit the girls and it takes time and by the way we've got to babysit the boys because they don't get to ma- get married either until they're you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, If they're lit fish, 23. <laughs> they're testing the fire alarm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and you know... <laughs> since I'm on a a rant anyway, so I'll just rant another minute, and that is that, um, that we are, um, the way you prepare for any part of your life is by jumping into it, and burning your way out, like there was, I forget who the leader was, who like burnt, he, oh it was Cortez, the bastard, yeah, Cortez, the Spanish conquester, who, like, went and, like, just, like... Just, it's just more of the long arm of Europe, destroying cultures. But they, they're the ones who... They're the ones... You know, it was like Columbus who gave venereal disease to the American, Native Americans, and it was Cortez who came and, like, completely ransacked all the thousands of years old Native cultures of, of South America and Central America. And Cortez, we, you know, just, uh, whatever, more idiotic European uh, yuffet expansion... Noah's son Yafet expanding his way into and just destroying the most beautiful cultures. Obviously, ours being of the most important culture in the world that the whole planet was depending on. And here comes more Europeans to ransack our temple and and brainwash our people into thinking somehow gymnasium was more important than Torah study. And um, anyway, the Cortez. Realize that there's no way that a couple boatloads or many boatloads of soldiers are going to win against the natives of South America. There's no way to win that. But you know what he did? When, he, when they all arrived, he burnt the boats. So there's no way out. And they won. And they won. And you'll notice that anytime you were in a situation where there was no way out, you thrived. You made it. You did it and all of us especially the men in this room need to hear this lesson is you got to have situations where where you're there's no way out you need that you need that this epidemic of men sleeping in their parents house in their 30s those parents are doing nobody no favors by giving them a way out yeah, you a man must have no way out or else he's going to remain peter pan he's going to be a, a He's going to stay a little boy his whole life and live in his own dreamland in his head of, you know, a king of Neverland that doesn't even exist. And and that's the man today with a smartphone living in Neverland. And is it called Never Neverland? Two Nevers? Yeah. I, I never got to see any of this stuff, but I noticed that Jordan Peterson always mentions Never Neverland. So... So men live in never never land with their cell phones and their and their god knows what other illusions they're living with. And uh, anyway, but we need to we need to burn our boats if we're gonna make if we're gonna fight a good fight in our lives. And this was not a favor that that the rabbis did or whoever did, to allow the marriage age to push up to higher and, and there and you should know twenty three year old Men are no more ready for marriage than when they were 18. Except that now, if you let them stay till 23, an 18-year-old cannot get married anymore. You've made it impossible. You've handicapped 18-year-olds from being able to start families by putting it at 23. And and I'll tell you, the imagination of an idiot at 18, (laughs) the trouble he can get into knowing he has five years left to get serious, whoa! there's no end to the amount of trouble he can get into. And a lot of that is the kind of trouble when it comes to sexuality that devastates the soul and affects one's marriage badly. has a negative effect on marriage. And parenting, starting home, it's all really, really negative. And uh, whereas if you had a five-year hiatus before you get married well wouldn't it be better that it'd be between 13 and 18 i mean how much how much trouble can a 13 year old get into he can get into a lot but not like an 18 year old whoa 13 year olds can't head to vegas i'll tell you that you know they're gonna have a, the first cop's gonna come up to him and say like where are your parents he's like brooklyn yeah, no taking away cell phones from eighteen-year-olds. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I think there's a YouTube video of an eighteen-year-old whose cell phone got taken away. That wasn't pretty. Had a <laughs> hidden camera. What kind of stuff he was going through? Did you see that? Anyone saw that? Like, <laughs> really freaky video. So, um, anyway, I, am I? Uh, did I rant enough? Yes. Let's get back to our Kabbalah class here. Okay, so the Yud and the He are our God in total oneness. Down below, though, His name is scattered out into all this physical world, and the physical world ultimately ends with your sensory physical world. So it's skin, it's wool, it's wood, it's metal, it's you know, it's it's, it's the physical world. And, and this was obviously what the Greeks were into is they they didn't like they didn't like the the depth of a Jew you know who found the physical world to just be like a wrapper that the physical world is just a wrapper on the on the candy of life like the physical world's just the outer thing and no one likes a wrapper you know when you're hungry for something you're not interested in the saran wrap on the Sandwich You want the sandwich. And the Jews wanted the sandwich. And the Greeks really thought it was some beautiful wrapper. And uh, they liked the wrapper. And we we didn't get along with that so much. Um, Anyway, but the name gets broken up. And that's why we say that when Hashem will be Melech, right now Hashem is not really the king of the universe, even though we do say Melech HaOlam, He's not much of a king if you think about it. I mean, poor God. You know, imagine being God. I mean, let's just, just take this room for example. Imagine you had a counter that at the end of the day, you get to count how, how many of the seconds of the day you spent thinking about God. Out of all the seconds of the day. And if you do the math, anyone got a smartphone out right now with a calculator? You know how many seconds are in a day? 4, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Forget your smartphone. You can put it away. 84,600 thoughts a day. And how many you think would line up with, of those 86,400 seconds, how many you think lined up with you thinking about the king of the universe who's creating you? It'd probably be nasty. Probably be pretty nasty. And, And the truth is, I think you'd probably be happier about the times you were busy doing stuff so at least you had an excuse, versus the times you were praying. <laughs> as Rav Noach Weinberg used to say, only as a joke, he didn't mean this, but he used to say that he'd rather see someone enjoy an apple from God than while, while not saying a blessing on it than saying a blessing and ignoring God while saying it. He'd rather see someone eating an apple without a bless, eating eating an apple from God, without a blessing, than someone saying a blessing while ignoring God. But we all do it all the time because we're so numbed and we're just so numb, and our and our brains are so undisciplined. I mean, have you guys ever thought about how undisciplined your thinking is? (laughs) It's really bad. You know, it's like, I mean it's really crazy and you got to start to wonder maybe it's our diet, like is there something in our food like what is going on with our brains and, and, and you should know that bacteria way outweighs your cells in your body like, like whatever cells you have in your body, your bacterial cells which aren't even yours, meaning those are bacteria. They're, they're coming from somewhere else way outnumbered by some huge amount of your actual cells of your body your bacteria way outweighs that and so and they're hungry, bacteria needs to eat and so it's causing you cravings which makes you eat things but where's that food coming from and what, what's in that food and, and you know we get pretty scattered scatterbrained and who knows if it's not our, our actual it's coming from all the bacterias in our mat- metabolism that's messing us up and that's why it's like if you want to think clearly, start with your diet no, eat well I don't mean to brag but I mean what have I eaten today I've had you know I've had some dates I've had some walnuts in the dates and had some almonds in the dates I'm not hungry because in the end uh, in the end after an hour and a half of meditation and yoga I had, uh, I had a, my daughter made me this big gorgeous like green shake that tasted a lot like if you had just mowed the lawn, and and so I'm just eat, I'm just living off that green shake right now, which is amazing, and my body's happy and my mind is clear, and and that would make sense if you're Jewish, because you need your brain totally on, like tuned in, to be a spiritual person, and and we are the like. I mean, we're the little pinnacle of spirituality. We're the Jews. I mean, you're it. You know why? Uh, you know why? There's. Yeah, have you guys ever heard of the Messie? Uh, what is it called the Messiah syndrome? The Jerusalem syndrome. Jerusalem syndrome. Yeah. You guys heard of the Jerusalem syndrome? Yeah it it uh, it's usually it's almost always gentiles although jews have been known to have it too but it's usually gentiles and they're really into the bible and they're coming to the ho- they co- and uh, they also they have a propensity towards uh schizophrenia which is that you imagine uh, that that what you imagine you believe is real which all of us know that us imagining something's not real it's us imagining it but schizophrenia, is, in a nutshell, means that the imagined appears totally real to you. That's called schizophrenia. We're all slightly schizophrenic, you know. <laughs> like, for example, you'll think of how someone once wronged you, and it'll just change all your body chemistry into, like, anger. And it's like, <laughs> this happened years ago, man. Like, you know, let it go. But it's, when you're thinking about it, it's happening now, you know. <laughs> So, we're all like subtly schizophrenic, and we also have like, you know, scratching on the screen outside the window. Yeah, that's never a picnic. But of course, once you see a branch in the wind, because now it got windy later at night, and you see there's a branch scratching the screen, it no longer has that impact on you of like freaking out. You know, you coming around the corner with a baseball bat behind the house, you know, <laughs> shaking. You know, when it's really a stick on the window from the wind. But, so we're all, we're all slightly schizophrenic, and, which is fine. But, but anyway, what happens is these Christians, they can't wait to meet the people of the Bible. That's us. <laughs> so, so I think we all as Jews, I think all of you, and myself included, as Jews in Jerusalem, since you're in Jerusalem right now, that let's do the Gentiles a favor. That if one of those Gentiles gets off their plane and, and gets, you know, gets in a bus to Jerusalem and gets out of the bus and they, they see you, they shouldn't have their schizophrenic break right there. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning they'll, they'll see you and they're like, okay, highly biblical person here. This is a biblical person, maybe a little modern dress. Nice jacket, by the way. A little mon- okay, yeah, I was expecting robes. Okay, that's what they're expecting. This is, this, is their, this is the break they have. And by the way, you know when the majority of them have their break? Is that they, no, the wall's where we get to meet them. <laughs> they have their break in Tel Aviv. I'm not kidding. That's where the break happens. Then they come to Jerusalem to start preaching the gospel at the Kotel. And they, what happens is they get off of the plane. They're obviously going to Jerusalem, but they, you know, they break out their smartphone. They say, oh, wow, Jerusalem, 45 minutes, Tel Aviv 20. Well, maybe I'll just go see Tel Aviv first. That must be where God's taking me. Anyway, they get out in downtown Tel Aviv. That's it. Schizophrenic break right there. I mean, they're like, where are the people of the Bible? But you must be the person of the Bible for them you got to be the person of the bible for you you got to be the person of the bible for god you're you're a tribal member okay i mean do i need to get you like an indian headdress or something like what is it going to take what is it going to take for you to be to be that that character right out of a biblical book you know Doreen's definitely winning in outfits okay Doreen won already like she's as, she's totally going biblical today Compared to most of you in your modern outfits. Now, I'm not asking anyone to like go full flow like that, unless you're moving the spot. It helps. Yeah, it helps. Unless you're moving the spot, you know, which is probably a good idea for everybody for at least a year.
1: <laughs>
0: a year of spot is important, I think, for most people. You know, just to get a little more biblical. And uh, no one has to know where you are, by the way, because no one's going to look for you in spot. You know. <laughs> But there's also other places. I mean, there's, like, all these hilltop settlements, you know, where the married women wear these, like, cool, like, totally, t- like, giant turbans and stuff. You ever seen those women around? Yeah, yeah? I mean, don't you party you just want to say, like, I'm out, like... <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing just to, like, live on the land like that and just... And it'd be a lot, a lot more. Um, it'd be a lot cheaper. You know. Oh. You, know I, you know. I was thinking lately that that um, that everyone should stop using uh, stop using soap and shampoo until people start complaining. <laughs> Just to get it. Just get a handle on your own body's output of oil. Because our bodies produce oil. And what happens is that oil gets caked on after a while. And this, it's going on dead skin. you know, Because the outer layer of your skin is dead. And um, what happens is the body can overproduce oil. By, by using sho- soap and shampoo every day. You never give your body a chance to get to its actual balance. Some people like really produce oil. So they need, would need to shower maybe every two days or something or, or use soap every two days, three days. Some people produce almost none and they wouldn't need more than once or twice a week to, to use those things on their bodies. And then they, their body would be an imbalance of, of what it's supposed to be putting out. But all of us are telling our bodies and our hair this message of, of hey, it's dry. And so they're overproducing. All of us are overproducing oils that probably are pretty important for our bodies. To you know, there's stuff in that oil, and that oil is important for our bodies. But we keep giving this message that things are dry, which causes the body to produce. You know, I used to have acne for years. You know, nothing terrible, but definitely, you know, some pretty serious cyborgs once in a while. And uh, so it would just make me wash my face more until someone finally said that that acne is the overproduction of oil on your face, which happens to teenagers, obviously, but it's an overproduction of oil on your face. Stop putting, soap, stop putting soap on your face. And and just let your face find its balance with oil production, with the pores, because your pores can't handle that amount of oil production because it keeps getting this message that, that it's dry and that you need more oil. And so... I tried it, even though I was so reluctant, because I was sure acting comes from just not keeping my face clean. And I tried it, and I, that was uh, over 20 years ago. I, I, I can count on one hand how many times I put soap on my face since then, literally. meaning meaning years and years and years, no soap ever touched my face. And uh, now that I'm old enough, like I can do a, you know I'll find my wife's scrub for the rare time I ever use our bathtub. Because, because us Hasidim go to mikvah. Uh, anyway, but but I think I think that's a, just another example of where we've lost our way. In that these cosmetic companies have us all freaked out that we stink. And and why don't you wait till you stink and have someone complain or watch the look on their face or something. Rinse and repeat. Rinse. Yeah, rinse and repeat. It'll say that on some yeah. stuff, right? Rinse and repeat. Or it'll say, this stuff's good for every day. Yeah. You know? Wait, so is this tying us back to uh, the day of it's, it's Kabbalah. Yeah. Well, what we're ta- wait, what I keep going into is that the name of God is scattered down below. And the king is not visible down here. And so the king... And so the, the, I'm just talking about fallout of us being out of touch. That's all, to the point where we're all just victims of Westernism. Basically, this is like my final Hanukkah class, and just giving weird, crazy examples of how we're all victims to Westernism, all the way down to our soap, our use of cosmetics and stuff. And just the last thing is if you want your skin to look good for the rest of your life use as little makeup as necessary and you'll be 50, 60 years old by the time you even start considering any more makeup wait till you're that old but um, just to tell you why that is is that there's a certain glow to youth that makeup's supposed to help women who are a little older to get that glow back and there's a certain glow to youth and what happens is if you're not if your face isn't glowing naturally, because you're wearing cosmetic that does it for you, so it causes the muscles of the face to to loosen, you lose the, the tautness of your skin because you're relying on cosmetics to, to give the look. And um, whereas someone who avoids makeup, besides obviously, you know, whatever is fun for you, because there's there's fun with makeup, women have fun with it. But fun in the minimalist level, but a f- minimalist fun with it, which is fine. Um, then what happens is your skin will retain its resilience throughout your entire life, really until, till maybe in the fifties, sixties, it'll retain its its tautness, and and then only then that, that that women might find themselves adding more makeup at that point in their lives. But definitely stay away from makeup if you're under. If you're under 50 just just the minimal minimal amounts of for fun and nothing heavy at all don't fall into that one you know it's a deal with the devil that that will make you real unhappy later in life so stick with the long-term plan of your general health and deeper deeper glow if you need to do some work on yourself to get yourself to glow So get to work, you know, get to work on yourself. There's tons of, I mean, all you need is YouTube today and you'll just be breaking through every issue you got. You know, like all the top speakers, they're all on YouTube and, you know, all you need is a couple hours of YouTube and you're going to cry your eyes out and break through all kinds of stuff and deal with amazing, amazing, amazing growth that you need to get through. And uh, it's, it's such an awesome resource to hear the top people in the world who've been there, done that, and gotten themselves through stuff, and now they're sharing it online on YouTube. So you know, I, I really pity the Haredi world who don't have access to this because that's one of the places where the personal growth needed the most, and all of it's free and right there, and, and, and it's just not accessible to so many people. It's really sad, although it keeps my bank account flowing because they all want to talk to me. So I'm like literally quoting YouTube at 200 bucks an hour, you know, even though I have a lot of training and I've got the, I've got what it takes just in my own training to, to fulfill that amount of, that price for an hour's session. But, uh, but they'd be shocked to know how often I'm quoting something I heard on YouTube in the last year, you know, that, that they themselves could have had for free and a year ago. <laughs> like they, I mean, they could have broken through that a year ago. And instead of having to wait to have this meeting with me because God somehow sent me into their lives but what if you're the only one that can pervade the message you can watch the video but you're the only one that can break the water I didn't get that question Ezra? Is that a question you mm-hmm. saying comment oh I didn't get the comment either though. sorry I missed it Ezra you wanted to say something? yeah you specifically are you suggesting on YouTube? <laughs> the number one pick on YouTube is obviously Jordan Peterson He's the the number one person. And every person should be watching, I don't think 100 hours would be exaggerating, that anyone who doesn't watch 100 hours of Jordan Peterson is going to have God to answer to. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously, the generation, he's the number one most popular intellectual speaker of this generation, speaking specifically into the pocket of what people are dealing with anywhere between the ages of birth to 40, and plus, and um, and if the whole generation is having this like major bump up, everyone's getting like bumped up by Jordan Peterson, and and you are gonna you are gonna somehow answer God for all the fallout because you didn't get bumped up when it was all free and right in front of your face online, and you missed it. You know, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to say about your shalom bias or about your finances or lack of tzedakah you could have given had you just followed some of his his wisdom into a career you loved that people would be happy to pay for, which would have given you a lot of tzedakah money. Like, how are you going to answer God for that? You know, the whole this whole generation is getting bumped up right here, right now by Jordan Peterson, and and uh, and I still meet people all the time who are like Jordan who, Jordan who. Is he Jewish? I'm just here to rant today. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm in full Maccabee mode right now. I'm serious. I'm really in... I mean, my name's Yom Tov. You know, I live the holidays. So I'm like... I mean, like, I've got like a sword out. I'm like... I'm I'm carrying spears today. I'm just like shooting them through the air. You know, no matter what I say, it seems to be pretty rough. So, I apologize, by the way. If I've offended anybody, it was certainly you who got offended, not at all me wanting to offend you. Please take full responsibility for your reactions in life. So that's your name. (laughs) Okay, and then there's the Yud again. There's the Yud. But then we have the Vav. That's the Vav. The Vav is just an implemented Yud, meaning that original idea gets implemented via the Vav. And that Vav is the number six, right? Aleph Bet, Gimel, Dalat, He, Vav is six. So that's the number six, and it represents the six spheres. Chesed, Gevur, Tiferis, Netzach Hod, and Yesod. It's the six spheros. And God creates the world via those. Those are the implementers. The whole world's implemented via those. Chesed is flow. Gevur is limitation. Because flow without limitation is chaos. So Chesed's flow. Gevur is limitation. Tiferos is looking down at, at the, final, the final one, which is called Malchus. That's the final hay. That's called malchus. I'm going to say the word malchus. malchus. If you're Sephardi, you can say malchut. Okay. So malchus is the final hey. Well, think about it. This yud gets that yud, that idea gets um, expanded on or expounded on by this hay. This is the it, meaning. The idea gets all of its dimension in hay, in its analysis. Well, so to implementation, you can implement something, but for it to get its actual unfolding, its expoundedness, its its um, its dimension in 3D world, that's the hey. So both times the hay represents dimension, and both times the hey represents the feminine, because the vav is the asserter. That's the assertion of creation. That's that's masculine. And that's why it's called a connector, because the vuv connects heaven and earth, and that's the masculine to connect heaven to earth. Is by no no uh, coincidence that it's this particular shape, and it's the man masculine represents the male, and it's and it's also I mean. Wh- And what does Vav mean anyway? What does the word Vav mean? And, and which, what does it do? Z, V, Z, what's it do? It connects one thought to another thought. That's the actual definition of the letter Vav. It's the connector. It connects God's thought of creating a world and the analysis of what that world would look like if you were to click on it. I mean, this is the thought, that's the hyperlink. The haze. is the, when you click on it, you get all of its, all of its intention there. All of its expounded, expanded dimension of our creation. the vav. But there's no creation. The Vav implements that. V'echesed, which is flow. Gevur, which is limitation. Tiferes is looking at the final hey, meaning the, the, uh, the uh, end result. Which in our case, the physical world, the end result. But it could be anything. It could be an iPhone store. An iPhone store is a three-dimensional end-user experience there, and it started with hey, let's you know create smartphones and hey, how are we going to do that? You know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, programmers involved in that stuff, and then the Vov is like, okay, well let's roll them, and they started you know flowing with their machines and what they got to do and limitation there and and you got to have in mind the end user, so it's going to be that's ferret and netzach is well. We're going to be making millions of these, so we're going to have to keep going. Netzach means to keep it going, keep it flowing. Vav is hesed, givor, tiferet, netzach, hod, and yisod, and and then uh, and then hod is we better stay focused, you know, because because you know that the whole thing's going to need a lot of. Uh, um, they all from the very beginning of the assembly line all the way down to the end user we're going to need a lot of compliance especially apple who has like a whole culture around their products so there's going to be a lot of compliance around that's ode focus HODE is focus and yosed is it's got to be user friendly it's got to be it's got to be the vuv is cuz cuz yosed is the sixth one so it's really the vuv so that's the connected that's the USB cable of life. So that's like, well, it's gotta be user friendly. It's gotta be intuitive, the phone. It's gotta be the marketing's gotta work right. It's gotta be when you open that case, it just perfectly like pulls off with that vacuum feel, but doesn't get stuck together. It's gonna be perfect. It's all part of this this like perfect user end user relationship to it. And then you have these people who are just a little too friendly on the storeroom floor over there in the Apple store who are perfect salespeople and they're very carefully groomed or at first they're, they're uh, vetted for malchus, for, for being salespeople on the floor of the Apple store. All of creation's working according to the Yud He and the Vav Nehe this is the entire world and all of our creation was created this way The actual physical world is created via this. And we're living inside Malchus, the final of it. We're living inside the 3D, the 3D, the 3D uh, world here in the physical world. Now, God's name is scattered down here. He is the most ignored being in the world because the physical world, it's hard not to get caught up in the wrapper, which is why we discuss makeup. It's very hard not to get caught up in the wrapper. That's very Greek. And we're very Western and we ourselves cause schizophrenia and in Bible banging Christians. Because they just don't get it. How can Jews be this not spiritual and this disconnected and this Western? This Greek. They can't take it. And God's name's just broken up inside this world. It'd be like a king who goes he get he complains to his, his uh his advisors and says, I'm tired of being tired of being king all the time. Like, can't I just be is a regular commoner? Can't I just be one of the subjects? And the and his makeup artist says, You know what? I got an idea. And they, they bring him out the clothes of a commoner, and the makeup artist like puts on different colored hair and makes him up to look like a commoner. And he goes out to his own party. Only to have a rude awakening that everyone at the king's party. You know, they're all there for a good couple hours before the king makes his appearance. They're all totally ignoring the king. There's some guy at the bar getting drunk on the king's wine, making jokes at the king, and everyone's laughing. And the king, he he puts his arm around the king himself. He's like, the king's such an idiot. And everyone's like, "Bah!" And the king's just like, huh? And then he finds some guy by the hors d'oeuvres, like, putting silver in his cloak. (laughs) another pocket filled with, like, you know, little, like, mushroom, uh, you know, with the crust things. (laughs) For his kids later. You know, and the guy says to him, you just stole the king's silver. He's like, what, you think the king's going to notice? He's a king. It's the king. He doesn't notice. Another person's speaking, like, foul-mouthed. He's also been drinking. (laughs) And he's like... This is the way you talk at the king's party. He's like, "But the king don't know. Don't hurt him." Anyway, he finally gets tapped by one of his advisors. Says it's time to greet the people. So he goes out. He gets off his stuff. He puts on his royal garments. Gets off all that makeup. Gets back to his regular hair. Puts on his crown. And they blow the trumpets. Everybody rise for the king. Everyone gets up, and the king comes out. And then everyone bows on their faces. And of course, one guy gets up on one knee. It's the drunk guy from the bar who had his arm around him. He says, long live the king! (laughs) That's some guy doing chakras like this. While thinking about everything but God. Long live the king. So the king is just very lonely. It's a very lonely king. But there will be a time... There will be a time when God's going to be melech al Kolha haaretz. Aretz is from ratzon to desire. All our desires are going to move from the wrapper to the fruit. All of our desires are going to go from ba yom haaretz. He's going to be the melech, Hashem, Yod and He, and Vav and He. Where it's hidden. Bayom HaHu on that day, Yi-hi-yeh, Hashem Echad, Ushmo Echad. Right now, his name is really just the upper two letters. But his name will be one when God finally shines light through this opaque situation we're in. And he shines his light through the matrix of creation, of the physical world. And we're able to see again spirituality right inside the physicality because it's all just a matter of settings. Like on a computer screen, you can dim your screen or turn up the back, the contrast so the screen actually subsumes the letters. So right now, the settings, the contrast is on high. We don't see God. But there will be a time where God's going to have the contrast come up a little, just enough so we can all see God in everything. That's the day that God's God will be one and his name will be one. But until that day, we light our lights in the darkest time of the year, we light those candles, we shine bright. And the way we do that is through total dedication. Because this Hanukkah means to dedicate. And we dedicated the temple. We rededicated the temple. And all of us, our bodies are your temple, our souls are the Shechina, You have to rededicate the way you use your mouth, the way you use your eyes, the way you use your speech, the way you use your food, the way you use your your cosmetics, the way you use your soap, the way you use your life, the way you interface with the physical world. you got to rededicate that. This Hanukkah, right now we're at the ultimate pinnacle of it all. This is your chance. you got to rededicate yourself to live inside this world in a way that works for you as a spiritual human being so that No one goes schizo meeting you, but they meet you and they just say, wow, there is a God. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.